Club today, and Scott Upshaw had the Happy Club bag today, and um, let's see what he put in here for me. Is it something easy? Is it easy? Yes. He thinks it is. Let's see. One elf. I'm going to let you hold it. And another elf. Scott, why did you bring this? Um, I don't really know. He's not sure. Is this something y'all get out at Christmas? Is this new, or did you just get it? Um, I got it. You got it last year at Christmas? Or this year at Christmas. Well, I have been hearing a lot about elves on the shelves these days. Um, but it, it kind of reminds me, you know, it's a fun thing that we do talking about um, elves watching us and things like that. But I know, boys and girls, that is a lot of fun. But I know the Bible tells us that angels have charge of you and they are watching you and guarding over you. Did you know that God put an angel in charge of each of you, boys and girls? What an awesome promise that is. So while we have fun at Christmas with elves and things like that, we know that the Bible tells us that he put angels over the charge of us. And we know, can someone tell me, um, what, was, what are the angels in the Christmas story? Um, I know we've been talking about it in children's church. Can someone tell me what did one of the angels do in the Christmas story? Who did they go and talk to? Somebody's got to tell me. I know you know. Mary and Joseph. Who else? They told about baby Jesus. Somebody was out in some field somewhere. The shepherds. So we know that angels are all through the Bible, and they're an important part of the Christmas story. And so I am so thankful that God has given us angels to be here on earth with us and to be in charge of us and to be especially watching over each one of you boys and girls and to remind us why we really have Christmas. So I'm just going to stop right now. We're, I'm glad you brought your little elf on a shelf and you can take him home and sit him, sit him where he can watch and have that fun. But let's do remember um, why we're celebrating Christmas and that's but to celebrate the birth of who? Say it with me. All right, so boys and girls, let's just bow and say a prayer, if you'll say it after me. Dear God, we just thank you for the Bible and its promises. We thank you for Jesus, and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it was a boy's turn this time, so it's going to be a girl's turn. And I'm looking, and I think I'm going to, let's see. Emily Ray, would you take the Happy Club bag for me? And, and uh, next week, boys and girls, we will, uh, for Christmas Day, we'll just have one service at 1030, um, a combined service, so we won't have children's church. And so, um, Emily, we'll, if you're here, we'll do Happy Club, okay? All right? All right. So let's go to Children's Church with Miss Sabina.
and the birthday of the king was in a little town called Bethlehem. I'm going to ask as we as we ask you to stand as we sing number 86, O Little Town of Bethlehem. Please stand. thank you for this day, and I thank you for this time of Christmas. I ask that you just uh, remind us of the reason. Help us to, to keep that foremost in our minds. And I just ask, as we take up this offering, as we give as part of our service, that uh, you would take that and you would bless it and expand it and use that to expand your kingdom. Your son's name I pray. Amen.
must have been surprised at where this road had taken him. Cause never in a million lives would he have dreamed of Bethlehem. And standing at the manger, he saw with his own eyes the message from the angel come to life. And Joseph said, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him? With all the rulers in the world. Why here, inside this stable filled with hay, why her, she's just an ordinary girl, now I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say. such a strange way to save the world to think of how it could have been Jesus had come as he deserved there would have been no Bethlehem shepherds at his birth. Joseph knew the reason love had to reach so far. As he held the Savior in his arms, he must have thought, why me? I'm just a simple man of trade. Why him with all the rulers in the world? Why inside this stable filled with hay? Why her? She's just an ordinary girl. Now I'm not one to second guess what angels have to say. This is such a strange way to save the world. Now I'm not one second guess what angels have to say this is such a strange way to save the world this is such a strange way such a strange way a strange way to save the world.
Do not be afraid. I say that because if you read your scriptures carefully, you'll notice that every time an angel appears to a human being, he has to say, don't be afraid. And I don't know why that's necessary. Does my appearance look that frightening to you? I hope not. And please don't think of me as needing wings or wearing a halo. Do you really think we need wings to go where God puts us? No. He just gives me a message and he places me there. And I don't need wings to fly there. And the halo, I don't know where that came from. Maybe some of your artists in the Middle Ages painted little gold circles over the heads of the significant people in their paintings to distinguish them from everyone else. And over time, that caught on and people thought that meant they must be holy or special. And before you knew it, children were wearing little aluminum foil TV antennas on their heads in every Christmas pageant. You won't find that in the scriptures either. But my name is Gabriel. And, and, and I'm a messenger of God. That's my purpose. My purpose is to deliver God's message. Sometimes you will, uh, artists picture me holding a trumpet or blowing a trumpet because in Revelation, your book of Revelation in Scripture says that when angels come and sound the trumpet, the coming of the Lord will follow. Trust me, when the Lord comes, you won't need a trumpet. You'll know. And so I don't carry a trumpet. I just come to announce the message that God has given me. Sometimes when God has a special message to give, he uses me. Sometimes he uses preachers to give his word. But people don't pay any attention to preachers anymore. I don't know why. And so when he's got a special message, he uses me to come to people to give his message to them. And there's something important I want you to notice Every time I go to someone, it's in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's always someone who's open and willing and available to be used by God. I was big, uh, very busy during the birth of the, the Son of God. As a matter of fact, you'll often see me in Christmas pageants or in a manger scene or on a Christmas tree or on Christmas cards. But the focus is never on me, and that's the way it should be. Because I am just a messenger. The word angel literally means messenger or ambassador. And so my sole purpose is to deliver God's message to his people. And that's what I do. I appear four times in the Christmas story, what you call the Christmas story. And I want to look at those four occasions with you this morning and see if you too can find a common thread so when an angel comes to you, you might be ready. You never know. We angels look like ordinary people. I think in your book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 2, it says, Be careful how you treat strangers. For what? You might be entertaining angels unawares. So don't think of us as wearing wings or having a halo. Think of us as everyday people who come with a message from the Lord. The first time God used me in the Christmas story was to a couple who were righteous before God named Zechariah and Elizabeth. It was in the days of Herod the king. Zechariah was of the tribe of Abijah. Elizabeth was 
uh, of the tribe of David, of Aaron. And, and so it was a, a priestly group. And Zechariah was a priest, but there were thousands of priests in his day. But this one day, Zechariah drew the lot to be the one to have the honor to go into the temple to burn incense for the Lord. It was a great honor. It was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for Zechariah. And so when he came in, God sent me, and there I was standing at the right hand of the altar of incense. And Zechariah, of course, was afraid. And I said, Zechariah, do not fear, for the Lord has heard your prayer. He knows that you and Elizabeth are advanced in years and you have not had a child. And he's going to bless you with a child. And not only that, Zechariah, but his name will be John. And at his birth, many will be rejoicing and he will bring joy and gladness because this son of yours, this John, will prepare the way for the Messiah. Zechariah was dumbfounded. Isn't that strange? People pray for something and when God answers their prayer, they're surprised. And because of Zechariah's doubt, he said, how can this be? My wife Elizabeth is advanced in years. And because of that doubt... God had me strike him mute, so he could not speak. His mouth was closed. His tongue was held because of his doubt. It was a while longer he stayed in the temple, and when he finally came back out, everyone had been worried about him because he spent an unusual amount of time in the temple. And when he came out, they knew that he must have been visited by God because he was acting strangely. Zechariah could not speak, and he was trying to excitedly motion with his hands some kind of sign language what had transpired in the temple, but he could not. He and Elizabeth went home, and sure enough, just as God's messenger had delivered, she was soon with child. And she knew it was something special. She knew it was something significant happening within her. And so she retreated and secluded herself in their home for the first five months of her pregnancy. When the child was finally born, they took him to the temple on the eighth day to do that which is according to the law, circumcision and his naming. And somewhere during that pregnancy, Zechariah must have communicated by writing to Elizabeth that his name would be John. So when they came to ask what the child's name would be, Elizabeth said, his name is John, and everyone said, that's not right. No one in your family is named John. Let's name him Zechariah after his father. And then they looked to Zechariah, and Zechariah said, hand me a, or Zechariah motioned for a right. He still couldn't speak. He said, hand me a tablet. And Zechariah wrote on the tablet, his name is John. And as soon as he put the pen down, Zechariah's mouth was opened and his tongue was loosed and he began praising God. And just as the angel had told him, there was great joy and happiness at the birth of his son because his son would prepare the way for the Messiah. Six months later, God sent me with a message to Elizabeth's cousin, It was in the region of Galilee in a small town called Nazareth. This woman was betrothed. She was engaged to a man named Joseph. And her name was Mary. And this is the message God had me deliver to her. 
I said, Hail, O favored one, the Lord is with you. And the poor young thing was so frightened. I backed off a little bit and I said, Fear not, Mary, because you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and bear a son, and his name will be Jesus. And Mary was confused. She said, how can this be? I'm not married. I'm only betrothed to a man named Joseph. And I explained to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will conceive a son. And he will be the son of God. And she was still confused. And so as an additional sign, I told her, to go and visit her cousin Elizabeth, who was advanced in years, but she was with child. And I said, you will find your cousin six months with child. Because, I said, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. And at that point, Mary said, I am the handmaid, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Mary accepted God's will for her life at that point. I departed, and soon Mary went to visit Elizabeth and Zechariah. And a wonderful thing happened. As soon as Mary came into the house and greeted her cousin Elizabeth, The child within Elizabeth, now only six months old, began to dance. It was like leaping inside of her womb. Even the child, before he was born, was praising God, praising the fact that his son, Jesus, was going to be born. How about that? So much happiness and wonder and awe at the birth of the Messiah. I want you to regain that, reclaim that in your own life. Excitement because God's son was going to be born. Well, as you might imagine, not everyone was excited by Mary's news, especially her fiancé, Joseph. He didn't know what to make of it. He was a just man, a good man, a righteous man, and he cared for her. He loved Mary, and he did not want to put her away and shame her in the community. But he couldn't marry her either because now she was with child. He was in a quandary. What could he do? So one night he was trying to sleep and he was tossing and turning and and resting fitfully and God sent me with a message to him. And I said, Joseph, don't be afraid because the child that Mary is carrying is conceived of the Holy Spirit and it will be a son. And Joseph, it will be your son. Because you will call him Jesus. The name Jesus means God saves. And this son of yours, Joseph, will save the people from their sins. Because really he's the son of God. Joseph awoke the next morning and he did exactly what God's message to him through me had been. He went and took Mary as his wife. And when the child was born, he named him Jesus. And in naming him, Joseph was adopting him into his line, into his lineage, so Jesus could be of the house and lineage of David. 
Joseph's line. Well, that, that wonderful evening when Jesus was born that turned history in half, God was unwilling that it would go completely ignored by everyone, and so he sent me to a group of people to herald the birth of the Messiah. And of all people that God could have sent me to, whom do you think he chose? He chose shepherds, lowly, dirty shepherds, tending sheep, smelly sheep that rendered the shepherds unclean and unfit for any kind of sacrifice in the temple. They just spent lonely lives out there on the hillside. But it was to that group that God sent me, and I said to them, Fear not. Remember the message I have to start every delivery of God with? Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You shall go and find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying of all things. In a manger. And suddenly, to echo what I had just announced, God sent his favorite chorus to join me. And they backed me up singing, Glory to God in the highest, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And just as soon as we appeared, we disappeared. And the shepherds talked to one another and said, Let's go see this thing that has been announced to us by these angels. And they dropped what they were doing and they hurried to Bethlehem and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, just as it had been prophesied and foretold them. They stayed there and worshipped only briefly. And then they got up and went back to the hillside. And as they went, they made known everything that they had heard and seen. But people still didn't understand and didn't believe and didn't worship. I wanted to tell you this story today. Actually, God sent me to tell you this story today because there's a common thread that has been woven through it. And I want you to see it because the day may well come when God sends an angel to you with a special message. And that common thread is that every single person to whom God had a message wasn't powerful, wasn't influential, wasn't a, a political leader or a king or a queen. It was just ordinary people doing everyday things. Think about it. A priest going about his duties in the temple. A young woman in Nazareth, a man while he's sleeping, a group of shepherds doing what they're supposed to do, tending their sheep on the hillside, just going about their business. But the one thing they had in common was that they were available and willing and open to be used by God. You remember what Mary said? I am the handmaid, I am the servant of the Lord. 
Let it be to me according to your word. That's what every one of those individuals communicated. Whatever God wants, I'm here. Use me. I'm available to him. And so that's the kind of people that God's still looking for. Not people who are so busy or so important or so powerful that they don't have space on their agenda for one more thing to do. But people who are open and willing to be used in a mighty way by him. He does have one more message for me to give you here today, though. And it's this. Go ye into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever Jesus had commanded you, and lo, God will be with you always, even to the end of the age. I see this is your season of missions emphasis, and that pleases God very much. But now his message to you is to go and tell and baptize and teach and make disciples and spread the good news that his son has been born and he is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. He is the one who will forgive you of your sins and give you everlasting life. And as you do that, God will be with you every step of the way, even until the end of the age. Thus saith the Lord. So be it. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, as we come now to this time of commitment, we realize that you might be speaking to someone here right now. And it might be an inner voice. It might be the voice of a preacher. It might be the voice of a messenger angel that is telling them to respond in some way. And if there's someone here who is open and willing and available You can work through them to do mighty things. Just as in the pages of Scripture, you're still looking for folks willing to be used. Father, I pray this sanctuary will be full of those kinds of people. And they'll be watching by television this morning. And and they will respond and like Mary say, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to your word. Here I am. Use me, God. I'll do anything. You call me to do. I make myself available to you. I remove all barriers, obstacles, pretenses, and facades in your presence. I am yours, O God. Come and fill me. Send Jesus into my heart this day. In his name we pray. Amen. I was in the children's Sunday school class just a few minutes ago.
during the Sunday school hour telling the Christmas story. And I said, this is Jesus' birthday, isn't it? And they said, yes. Paul said, I'll give him my heart. I hope you can do that. I hope you can give Jesus not just a portion, not just a tithe, not just a few minutes. Give him your heart this Christmas. If you have a decision to make, professing your faith publicly, rededicating your life, joining this church, responding to God's claim on your life through the gift of his son, I'll be at the front to receive you. We'll stand together.